tuned in to the cold, hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Joy Anglin po. Nabili na po ba ninyo ang dish pack ng Miracle Brokers? Up to 200 pounds kaya pong ilagay dito. Halina po kayo. Christmas na sa Pilipinas. Tamang-tama po para sa mga ate at kuya. Halina po kayo dito sa Miracle Brokers. Miski ano, pwede pong ilagay dito sa box. Pwera lang po ang jowa nyo. Contact us at 949-5989 or email us at info at Miracle Brokers.
Tibbetts actually reminded us that quite ironically, we have had a storm every single month of the year, except April. So we always think that hurricane season just ends at the end of November. And if we make it to December the 1st, that we are good to go and we're fine and, you know, everything's fine. But as it turns out, you know, I was a bit shocked to hear that myself. Um, that's not quite the full story. the UK. We're going to talk about some of the stuff. <clears throat> My apologies. It's happening in the UK as well. Atlas, it sounds like you guys are in for an interesting time. Sai, good morning to you, beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have Ugoncita. Is that right? Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. Hello, Vanessa. Miss Morna says, good morning, my friend Sandy. It's a beautiful and blessed Monday morning here in our beautiful Cayman Islands. Beautiful Paula is joining us. Thank you so much, Paula. Florida is windy. <clears throat> good morning, Miss Janet. Jake, hello, Jake. Yes, we should have video now. Um, Beulah, thank you so much for tuning in. No sound. Oh. Okay, Whew. I was gonna say, sound should be good. Um, yes, I had to restart the computer last night, which every once in a while I have to do. And my husband always says that I keep more things open on the computer screen than I should. So all of these <clears throat> applications and processes are running in the background. And he's like, that slows down your computer. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> yes, kind of crazy, actually. I'm watching all of my um, items that are shipped by Amazon to AeroPost. Guys, check them out. You know, it is November the 2nd. So we have to start pre-thinking about Christmas because things are going to, a lot of people are going to be ordering these freight forwarders, shipping companies are going to be super busy if they're not already busy. And so you don't want to wait until December to start thinking about, especially if you've got kids, what are you going to get the kids? What are you going to sort them out with? Start early. Take my word for it. So it's going to be a uh, low-key Christmas, COVID Christmas. And so as a result of that, all of you, um, all of you, I think, should plan ahead, you know. Sai, Corrine, thank you so much for joining in. Crystal says she's feeling good today. Wonderful. Siobhan, thank you, my dear. Uh, Lizette. Beautiful. Welcome, welcome, one, and welcome all. All right. So I see tons of you messaging me. 
Um, I'll have to get to those messages, obviously, later on. Couple interesting things transpired over the last couple of days. So we're gonna run through all of those. Saya says that her Amazon cart is full of stuff. You know what I find, morning, Olivia, is lately I've been like putting stuff in my cart and then just letting it sit there. Like not really deciding what to do with it. You know? So, um, been working on a few things uh, here. The first of the month, can I just ask you guys a question? Why is it that every single bill that we owe is due the first of the month? like mortgages, school fees, everything is always due the first of the month. So, you know, sigh before, before you can hit that purchase button in your cart, in your Amazon cart, you got to make sure all the bills are paid first. Because I tell you what, you don't want to slip up on the mortgage right now, folks, or any other loans or bills that you may have. Oh my gosh, Lynette, thank you, beautiful, for tuning in this morning. Love me some Lynette. Lynette and I go way back. I haven't seen you in person in a while, Lynette, but you know, it's good to see you online. Um, yes, I am a Prime member. Oh my gosh, you just reminded me of something. Sai, you just reminded me. Yesterday was Alexa's birthday. Oh, it's still on sale. Listen to me, folks. Yesterday was Alexa's birthday. And so all of the Alexa products are on sale. Um, so there is one of the products that I wanted to get that's like 50% off. You know, the thing with those is you gotta be careful because if you miss the sale. Now, the interesting thing about this, it's not in stock until November the 27th. That's what I'm telling This is the other problem too, why you got to er, um, order early because if it's a somewhat, I guess, popular item, you know, it's not going to even be in stock on Amazon, which is crazy. I mean, Amazon has everything, but apparently they don't have their own um, Echo Show devices, which are like the Alexa devices with the video screen. So um, this is one of the things that I wanted to hit to purchase today because I don't know how long this, this birthday sale is on for and I don't want to lose out on that 50% off sale. I always end up kicking myself in the knee. Well, not anymore since we got a bad knee, but you know, I always end up kicking myself when I see something on sale and I'm like thinking about it and I think about it and I think about it and then I think about it too much. So I um, lose out on a good sale. And hey, when the sale is done, the sale's done, right? So I wanted to make sure that I caught this particular item before it's no longer on sale. Sai agrees with me about the bills though. Like every bill, it's like the first of the month. 
you know, whenever you're paying certain things like your insurance bills, whatever, and you think about, okay, can I just pick like another random date other than month end or the first of the month? Cause they're like a day apart. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where you feel like everything is due at the exact same time. And not everyone gets paid at the same increment. Some of us get paid month end. Some of us, you know, depends on when your clients pay you kind of thing. Um, you know, one of the best jobs before we start to get into all of this. Good morning, Brandon. One of the best jobs I ever had, I was still in university and I actually worked at a Walmart. Can you believe it? Um, I was a customer service manager. They call them CSMs or something at Walmart. And hey, you gotta, you gotta pay the bills, you know? And so there's no shame in work at Walmart folks. Believe me you, when I tell you it is an honest living. And um, at the end of the day, it was one of the most interesting jobs that I had because you really got to meet all different people from all walks of life. And all I can tell you is whew, Walmart brings them all in. You know, depending on the neighborhood you're in, you get different caliber of individuals, but Walmart is still special, no matter <laughs> where it is. So, um, what was I gonna tell you about Walmart? I can't even remember now. Something I was gonna tell you about Walmart. Ugh, totally forgot. When you get old folks, this is what happens to you. You're in the middle of a thought and then poof, it's gone. Oh, I was gonna tell you about payday. So yes. Um, payday at Walmart. I first started out in the photography section, which was actually a separate company, but eventually I was such a good worker. I gotta tell you that Walmart, the store recruited me to work for them. So when I was in the photography area, payday was every single week. Like every Friday was payday. And it was just amazing. Like you never, you know, as a university student, initially you're always broke. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. It's, it's a rough life. Like you have to order the extra large pizzas so that everybody can get two slices. And back then it was like 10, 15 bucks. You all chipped in a couple of dollars. Everybody could eat, but it was rough. And uh, when I finally got this little job off campus, I'm going to tell you, JD, I was so excited. No, this was the one off of Dale Mabry. So actually I lived right by USF, like up the street off of, I think I was off of Fowler, not Fletcher. I always got those two confused, but, um, so I wasn't that far off campus, more towards the intersection. You know, when you're driving, I guess that would be, um, I'm horrible at directions folks. I don't know if that's North or whatever, but away from the university, not towards Dell, maybe, but the opposite direction. So I was kind of that almost like going towards Temple Terrace area. So I had a little apartment there eventually when I got off campus and, um, it was a long drive to get to work. Oh, it was like interstate driving pretty much the whole way. And man, I tell you, JD, some days you'd be working a long shift 
And then you'd get off late at night and you'd have to drive that long drive. And I used to do everything to just stay awake, like roll down the window, sing to myself. It was rough some days. And I actually got pulled over one time because the officer was like, are you drunk? And I was like, what? No, I just got off of work. And he's like, well, you're swerving a little bit. So you're probably tired. Like you need to get off the road as quickly as possible. So yeah, you never wanted to be, I mean, one little mishap on interstate and you're done for, right? So yeah, the weekly pay thing though was woo, the best job ever. Like by, by, by Wednesday and Thursday, you're kind of like, oh man, I'm broke again. But then you're like, oh, tomorrow's payday. The weekend's here. So you got paid just in time for the weekend to always have a great time. So JD, um, yes, I, I know as an international student, normally you're not able to um, work off campus, but my status actually changed towards um, like my last year. So my immigration status, that is, I was able to work off campus. Um, but yeah, listen, when I was there, there wasn't a Walmart and Fletcher, there was a Target, um, a Piccadilly's in that same plaza as Target which is crazy. I used to go there, like Piccadilly's is the place for old people to eat, but I love me a Piccadilly's, I don't know why. Like I think it's it's still obviously, it's kind of like a little closer to home cooking than some other places, right? So um, yeah, those are the good old days, I tell you. Lynette says that she loves her Walmart, me too. I'm a Walmart person. I like Target as well, but you know, in university, we couldn't really afford much Target. That's why we used to call it Target because it was like high class for university students. So, um, and I remember when Target started, when they really like went large and they were all over the place. Atlas is having a good laugh. We're going a little bit down memory lane today before we get back to the topics at hand. Jake says, I used to go into that Walmart all the time when I was living in Tampa last year. Oh, nice. Yes, I mean, it's been there a long time. In fact, there's probably more than one on Dale Mabry for sure. Um, I kind of feel like this one wasn't a 24 hour one, but it was, you know, they opened pretty early in the morning. And then the other interesting thing about Tampa since I've left is it it's developed. Like the areas that used to be like where New Tampa is and all that, when I was there, that was nothing, but they had the roads, the infrastructure, because that's how I learned to drive a stick shift. I used to go out there and gear the grinds until I finally got it right, shifting from one to five or whatever. And um, But there was nothing out there. It was like cow pastures back in the day. It's just amazing how places have developed and changed. And, you know, even our little island, like we're having conversations now about, well, what happens when we get to 100,000 people? Are we ready for that kind of move? And uh, we're nowhere near ready. Our infrastructure is like, especially traffic, if you live in the Eastern districts, whoo, we are feeling it. Uh, Karen says that I don't miss being a poor broke student, but it builds character and resilience. It does. And you know what, Karen, yesterday I was listening to a video and I thought this was so interesting. And this person was talking about a butterfly and how butterflies come into existence from a caterpillar. And I had never really thought about this before, but this is a really valid point. So, you know, when you're going through it in life, we've all had tough times and uh, 
you know, life knows how to throw us a curveball when we least expect it, to be honest. And sometimes you ever think that life is just like, like you look at life and you're like, why? Like, why are you trying to be unfair to me? You know, it's it's like life can be so, it's almost like it's trying to just flip its nose up at you. I don't know how to explain it. But um, yeah, life is crazy. So there was a, um, <laughs> a video about butterflies that really got me to thinking. And the video was basically saying that when a butterfly comes out of it, so it's still a caterpillar, but when it's transforming into a butterfly and it's coming out of that cocoon stage, that it actually has to struggle quite a bit to get out. And that struggle, and I had not thought about this before, evidently that struggle is really, really important for the butterfly to gain the strength in its wings to then be able to fly. So if you attempted to help a butterfly get out of the cocoon, you are doing it more of a disservice than you are actually helping the butterfly. Who knew this? This is like amazing, right? The process of struggling, the process of, you know, wiggling its way out of that cocoon is a necessary one. So, you know, when Karen just talked about this concept of us building character through the ups and downs that life is going to throw to us, especially the downs, because that is when you are tested the most. You know what I'm saying? And that is when you really like you get to know your character. You get to see who you are. Um, people will throw stuff at you. And in those moments, you got to keep your cool. You got to maintain it. But just like the butterfly, you emerge stronger and better, hopefully, for those experiences. As long as you don't allow it to defeat you, right? The struggle builds you up. So the, the, the um, butterfly itself becomes stronger and its wings become stronger. And then it becomes this beautiful creature that is able to fly out into the world and live. And had it not gone through that experience, that would have never happened. So I think it's an amazing testament and it's an amazing example in nature of sometimes what we have to endure and what we have to go through. And so, you know, there's no, um, there is no shame in struggling. There's no shame in saying, I was a poor student at one time. Um, if you're in that position now, there's no shame in it. You know, it, this too shall pass. One of the amazing things about life is you never stuck in the same place that you are now. Life circumstances change for the better, for the worse, you know, but if you hang on to the understanding in life that this too shall pass and things will get better, things will improve, then you're going to be okay. Yeah. Lizette. Lynette, sorry, is wishing that we had a Walmart. No, girl. Mm. 
That would be crazy. I think every small business, if we had a Walmart, would probably go under. So I'm not a proponent. I, I know what Walmart does to small towns and small businesses, and I know their purchasing power. Um, and so I quite understand why there is a backlash often against, you know, Walmarts around the world. And I don't think given our population size that, um, Walmart is probably a good idea for us. You know, we got to we got to think about the smaller retailers and stuff like that as well. And there's so much other considerations with the Walmart in terms of the environmental impact. So Andy, buenos dias. Good morning to you, my friend. Happy November. Lots of events going on this month. Ervalyn is here for it. Uh, Crystal says some people are saying that technology is advancing too fast. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that on Thursday, on Tech Thursday. But I think, honestly, there's no way to slow it down or to stop it. I mean, that's the sad part. Even if it is, I mean, it's kind of one of those things. Once the wheel gets rolling, Atlas wants to know when is her birthday. We celebrated her birthday at the end of June. Good morning, beautiful Bonnie. How are you? Um, Crystal, thank you for the Bible verse, John 16, 33. I've told you all this so that you will have peace of heart and mind here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but cheer up for I have overcome the world. Bit of positivity there. Thank you so much. So we haven't done a daily um in a while. And so maybe I'll do one kind of towards the end of the show. Good morning, Diana. How are you, beautiful? So listen, let's talk about the Blossom Circle. And I really hope that I can stop talking about this Blossom Circle. I mean, I'm so sick of them already. But you know what? Unfortunately, a lot of people got caught up in this. And as a result, they have brought us their stories and of course, the difference between us and other news media in the Cayman Islands is we're here to represent you and your voice. So the articles and the issues that you are most concerned about are what we focus on and what we bring to the fore. Now, um, interestingly enough, we did an article last week about this lady, Jenny Smith, and her husband, our boyfriend, fiance, whatever. People said they got married. Um, Freddie. And Jenny and Freddie were using this young lady to do a lot of their recruiting. I don't know why she was such a good salesperson, because trust me, if she's that good in sales to recruit six, 700 people for them, which is what I've heard, all I can tell you is she needs to be working at the Ritz in the sales department. Like selling some high-end condos, making some real legit money. Well, she recruited all of these people, including a lot of her coworkers. And um, we did the article last week. Obviously, she was mentioned in the article. Jenny was mentioned. Uh, Freddie was mentioned. And um, this lady, her name is 
I'm not quite sure. She says Bilma, but I know in Spanish, sometimes people interchange the B and the V. But on social media, she's listed as Bilma Linwood with a B. So Ms. Bilma um, contacted us and she actually sent us a handwritten note to say that she was sorry for her part in this. And, you know, she was feeling very guilty that because of her recruiting people, they had now lost a lot of their hard earned money. Now, I couldn't really make out. She was actually trying to call me. I was at the um, King of Wings, the DMS broadcasting event yesterday, which was King of Wings um, annual wing, chicken wing contest. I don't know who won yet, but I'll, I'll try to find out for those of you who are curious. So I saw her calling me and she sent this letter. And of course, I couldn't really read the letter. I'm going to show you the letter here in a second. And um, I said to her, what is this about? You know, just type me your message or whatever. So then I saw that she sent a voice note. So when I finally got home and was able to listen to the voice note, it is from this lady, um, Bilma. And this was a handwritten note and I couldn't really make it all out. So I'm going to um, have you guys listen in case you missed this on our website. I'm going to have you all listen to her apology and then we can talk a little bit more about the situation but i'm really hoping that i don't know if there's any other you know blooming circles out there but for the sake of the people involved in them i am hoping that they've all been wrapped up in one form or another and unfortunately if you haven't gathered this so far when we say it's been wrapped up, that means that it's going to fail. There's no other logical ending to this, folks. I mean, I know some of you are just like hoping against hope that, uh, you know, your one situation is going to be different than all the others. And it's an impossibility because of the way that these things are structured. So all I can tell you is hopefully you're able to get out with fewer losses than most. Um, this woman, Ms. Bilma, has claimed to have put in 10 hands. Now, we heard that voice note before where she claims that she put in 10 hands and she only got one. Some people have said to me who are more familiar with the situation on a personal level, because I guess they invested, are saying that that's not true, that she got more than one hand. So listen, I don't know. We invited her to come on and, um, you know, she wasn't really too keen on that. So instead, she just wanted us to put up this, um, this voice note for her and to share this with the general public. So it is in a story. I'm going to pull that up here in a second. I mean, I listen to it and I have a sense of, wow, I feel sorry for her, but let, let's, let's listen to the voice note and then you guys can tell me what you think. So just give me one second here. I'm going to just pull it up so that we can have a listen. So her name is Vilma Linwood and at least she is, I can't speak to her genuine, her remorse is, but it sounds genuine. 
at least she is expressing it. You know, we can't hear anything from Jenny. We can't hear anything from um, Freddie. They've gone in hiding. My sources have said that they're actually in. Um, give me one second here. That they're actually in the swamp area. So one second. They quickly left from, um, where were they? East End and made their way to Georgetown and Swamp. Now listen, this poor woman says that she's getting all kind of threats. Again, I don't know how true that is, but let me pull it up here so that you guys can see exactly what she's had to say. Sandra, this is Vilma. I am here this evening asking you to please just put out this message for me. I am heartbreaking. I have sleepless night. I've been dreading. All sorts of things have been going through because of being part of this, recruiting people for this lady, Jenny and Freddie, Jenny Smith and Freddie Acuna. I want to ask everybody on my behalf, even apologize because I am a church going girl trying to walk with my God and cause me to be bring shame and reproach on my church. I've asked everybody on the behalf to help me give back the money that I could give it back to the persons that pay them that I may get out of this problem and my knee will be clean because I live in this island. This wonderful island from, from 1983. I've been coming here, and this is the first time I will get mixed up in such tragedy, shame. And I would say I can't explain how this is doing to damage to my life. I beg you, Miss Sandra, this evening to please put this out that many souls can hear. My apology asks him to forgive me, ask God to forgive me for failing him. Ask the church to forgive me. And I'll ask it again and again. The souls can consider and give back some of this money that I could give it back to the people. So they would stop threatening my life. And I may have rest and peace within my soul for once and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. God will bless them all in his mighty name. Amen. Okay, folks. So um, that was the, the video. And um, some people were very touched by that. I mean, I was touched by it. The poor woman is crying. Now listen, no one can know if she is being sincere, but her and her conscience and God, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know the woman, but I do uh, feel bad for her. She said that she's being threatened. Her life is being threatened. So maybe her remorse is at the, as a, as a result of 
the threats that she's been getting. That's possible. You know, sometimes we're remorseful when we're under somebody's thumb. And even if it's a temporary remorsefulness, then, you know, it is what it is. I do feel bad for her. I feel bad for the situation that she is in. Maybe she didn't, I mean, she doesn't sound, I'm not trying to put her down, but she probably doesn't sound like maybe she even fully understood everything that was transpiring. And I think Flashpoint has a very valid point that many of these so-called investors fully understood the scam, but they just wanted to get paid and get out before things went south. Maybe some are genuinely suffering with some form of mental illness. Well, I don't know if it's a mental illness, but I think it's just denial. And denial is a hell of a thing. You know, I mean, I had people say to me, well, I'm gonna invest because they came to me and said, what do you think about this? I said, don't do it. But their logic was, if I put in $400 in my first week, I get back 1,200. As long as I get my money back in a little bit, I'm ahead of the game. But you see, the problem with that thinking is, unfortunately, it is too self-centered. And it doesn't consider the people that you brought in, who, as we can see, regardless of their level of understanding of the scheme, ultimately, they're going to blame the person that brought them into it. That sounds crazy, right? But that's the logic of what people are operating with. That's how people think. So then you have this added headache of people holding you responsible for bringing them into the scheme. Mm. And what that means is they're going to be coming to you for their money. So I think what happened to this woman, Miss Bilma, like I said, she recruited a lot of people. And what that meant was those people, five, 600 people, like she recruited a lot of people, they are ultimately holding her responsible for getting them into this mess. But I agree with Flashpoint 100%. The vast majority of those people knew this was too good to be true. And so who you need to hold responsible are your damn selves for being so naive. Like I said to Tasha last week, how can you put in $400 and get $48,000? That doesn't make any sense. Everybody knows that unless you're in the drug selling business. And I mean, that's probably some high quality cocaine or something. You're going to get that kind of return on money. You don't get that kind of return on money, even in a legitimate business. You know what percentage markup that is? It just doesn't happen. So I think, unfortunately, a lot of people were just being um, very naive about the whole thing. And like Flashpoint said, they were hoping against hope that they would put in their money and they would get this humongous return in exchange. Well, clearly some people got some money out, the, the few, 
And uh, one person has just reminded us that Jenny and Freddie are by her sister Jackie's apartment in Swamp. And that Jackie recently rebuilt a new kitchen. And Bilma did get more than one hand. All of them need to give money back. Bilma was the collector because Jenny had a bad name for stealing people's money. Yikes. So people are saying that Jenny already had a bad name. And that is why she was not there. That makes sense, you know, because I was kind of wondering, why is it that Bilma or anybody else would be out there recruiting people for a scheme that she's not even in charge of? Like that part of it kind of was like, I know that you're supposed to bring in your set, four people, six people, whatever. But after you do that, why would you go beyond and keep bringing people in? So now that that person has shared that bit of information, that kind of makes a little bit more sense in terms of what was probably going on here. If Jenny had a bad name and nobody was going to trust her with money, she had to have an idiot to go up front for her. And I don't mean to insult Ms. Bilma, but she was conned as well. If she didn't know, she said she's been here since the 80s. If she didn't know Jenny and she didn't know about Jenny's reputation, she was fooled by Jenny and she allowed herself to be a pawn in this game. Honestly, I do not like getting mixed up with people when it comes to money. Years ago, Oprah said, when she was talking about loaning people money and whatever, and she said, listen, if you are not in a position, if someone comes to you and they say, can I borrow $100? And you are not in a position to just give them the $100 with the expectation that if they never pay you back, the two of them, two of you will be fine. You're not going to feel slighted by them. You're not going to feel any way about it. If you're not in that position financially, do not ever loan people money. Because there's nothing in the world that has caused more relationships to fall apart, friendships to fall apart, people to start fighting than money. Money causes such a mix-up situation, folks. Honestly, I'm surprised that so many people actually fell for this and got involved. Flashpoint says if she owns the wrong people in East End then might not end well and the move to Georgetown might not create sufficient distance to keep her safe. Speaking about Jenny. Well, Jenny has not said a word. Jackie Smith, her sister, who was in another one of these circles, has not said a word. So these people, they are operating on the foundation that silence is the way to go. Poor Miss Bilma. Obviously, she feels bad. Although Marsha doesn't believe it, Marsha's like, please, we ain't buying that baloney. <laughs> and there are people who are saying, listen, Bilma's not being honest. Someone else told me yesterday that um, one of her, um, mm, one of her, like her family members, immediate family members, they also got their draw. That's Miss Bilma now. And so that perhaps Ms. Bilma is not being as genuine in even in her apology as she needs to be in terms of honesty. So Flashpoint says if she has money for the wrong people in East End, things will not end well for her. The move to Georgetown will not keep. Oh, I think I read that. Yeah, it came up twice. Sorry. Um, Crystal 
says, when do clownery, the clown bites back? <laughs> when you do clownery, the clown bites back. I hope whoever is truly responsible gets what's coming to them. Cameron, good morning to you. Where's Jack and the Beanstalk when you need him? Well, I don't know, but here's what somebody else has shared. This person has shared, yes, this is true about Jenny. From day one, she's been a thief. Her mom used to stick her fingers on the stove for stealing. Wow, that's child abuse. <laughs> but clearly, um, that didn't help. Because apparently, she still seems to have a sticky finger situation. Ay, ay, ay. Um, what a mess. Anyway, that's Miss Bilma's apology. She has issued it. I don't know if it will help. Uh, I had other sources tell me that she's also looking to move out of the country now and that she's making attempts to sell her house so that she can leave the country. I don't know if that's true or not. One of the issues with Bilma is apparently a lot of the people that she recruited work with her at Moritz. And so you know. It's got to be hard to show up to work every single day and look your coworkers in the eyes and be like, I took your hard earned money to give it to somebody else who turns out to be dishonest, a thief, whatever. I mean, this, this bonsai scheme was going to fail. It doesn't matter even if Jenny was a thief. I mean, you do kind of have to wonder if her failed, hers failed a little bit quicker than everyone else's because she does have sticky fingers. Mm, that's a possibility. However, it was going to fail eventually anyway. So on the one hand, it's kind of like, mm, there was no getting out of this unscathed. It was only a matter of when was the bottom going to fall out of your bucket. So Miss Bill, I wish you the best of luck. I mean, now she's saying she's a church lady. She's asking for God to forgive her, the church to forgive her, the people to forgive her. What I would say is church people should not engage in gambling. Seriously. Um, I know they do it. I know a lot of them be sitting there in church gambling like nobody's business. As a matter of fact, right in church, they be messaging each other. What number played today? You know what number played? So um, clearly, they didn't get that memo in the Bible. But honestly, you guys, uh, you can't live. This is where I, I get a little bit annoyed with church folks, right? They want to have their cake and eat it too. So they want to go to church every Sunday and jump up and holla and praise the Lord. Where's my hallelujah button? And do all these wonderful things in church. And you barely step out of church door before you're sinning again. Not even, because some of you sitting right up in church. You're fornicating in church. 
You're lusting after little girls in church, after little boys in church, and you're still there talking about you're a Christian. So gambling and Christianity just don't go hand in hand. Cameron said you would have been better off giving the pastor your money. Well, at least you know what he's doing with it, right? He's putting it to good use, driving up and down a nice shiny car. Anyway, poor Bilma, we wish her the best of luck. Um, I don't know what's going to happen to Jenny or all these other people, to be honest. So good luck to all of them. I don't know what else to make of this. Um, I get the feeling. That uh, there will be more to come. So. Um, oh, sorry. Give me one second here. So what I can suggest is, um, you know, be smarter next time, folks. Don't fall for it. Know who you're getting in bed with. Like, not literally, obviously, but in terms of, you know, any sort of financial transactions. People are talking about, oh, I was, I, I was trying to warn people against it because I want you to go to the bank. Well, I don't care if you go to the bank or not. That's not my business. You know, you, you'll find a way to make, to make your money decisions. I don't work for CNB. I don't work for Scotia Bank, and I certainly don't work for Butterfield. Speaking of Scotia Bank, I'm going to tell you guys in a second something about them. But anyway, um, I don't have any interest in this. The only interest I had was trying to protect people from themselves, most first and foremost, because I knew what was going to happen. Scotia Bank. Somebody messaged me last night about them. You know Scotia Bank, Naizina. Uh, remember a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned how they had an issue with their cards. Social Bank never said anything about the cards. They never divulged. They never made a public statement, nothing. So their cards, their brand new issued cards had been compromised. So yesterday, last night, someone messaged me again and said it's happened again. Scotiabank customer cards compromised again. And a friend of theirs was hit for nearly $2,000 yesterday afternoon. So they said perhaps a broadcast to your audience to check their accounts. And just an observation, Scotiabank online allows customers to freeze credit cards, Scotiabank's money, but not the customer's debit cards with the client's hard-earned money. That's crazy. You think you would have an easy way of freezing those cards as well. So I hate to tell you, but if you're a uh, client at Scotia Bank, this compromise with the cards isn't over. They apparently will be hitting more of you um, for your money. Now, Irvlin, does the bank give you your money back? 
So this person who's lost two grand out of their checking account linked to or savings account linked to debit card, will the bank give them that money back? I think Scotia needs to cancel all of the cards that they've been issued, figure out where the breach is, and reissue everyone new cards. Now, this is where I'm going to be honest, why I, I appreciate Cayman National Bank. Nobody's perfect. However, this has happened to me on more than one occasion, where CNB will have heard of a breach. So say, for example, in the U.S., you know, there's millions of email breached at TJ Maxx, Walmart, Target, whatever. So they will have heard of a breach and know that the period of time that that breach occurred, you were a client that used your Scotia, I mean, your CNB card at that retail location. They're not going to wait until someone tries to use your debit card. They're going to cancel the whole bunch and tell you your card has been canceled and they are starting over with the reissuing of cards. I've had this happen. And I'll be like, my card's been canceled, but I haven't had a breach. They don't care. They make what's called a preemptive move, folks. They are going to protect you before it happens. Now, to me, that makes good sense. That's what all banks should do. Now, I don't know what makes um, CNB any more special than anybody else in terms of their processes, but they're on the ball when it comes to fraud, okay? So take a note, good folks. Take a note. Scotia, RBC, CIBC. Who else is there in Cayman? What are the commercial banks we have? We have, we have six commercial banks. I can never remember who, who they are. We got Scotia, FCIB, um, Barclay, um, not Barclay, yeah, Butterfield. CNB, and who else is there? Oh, I can't remember. But the bottom line is, take a note, folks. Get it together. Not cool. Um, Sandy Dean says, why is the law not doing anything about this? And is there no real reason for the complacency? Well, you know what, Dean? It, that's an excellent question. Because I was thinking about this. Over the weekend... We also did another article about a guy in Trinidad who um, he got involved. He's a, a Trinidad, Trinidadian singer and um, chutney singer, which I don't even know what the heck chutney, a chutney singer is. I mean, chutney you eat, right? So I guess chutney is also a genre of music. But he had gotten involved in some sort of scam as well. Not, not Trinidad, my apologies. Guyanese. Now, this is, again, another pyramid scheme. This one had been running a little bit longer. I'm going to put the link in the comment section in case you missed it. So this guy, his name is Terry Gajraj, and they call him Guyana Babu is his, I guess, stage name. And he was swindled out of millions of dollars, Guyanese dollars, in a Forex Ponzi scheme operating out of Florida. And among those arrested is a ringleader named Avanish Singh, who's also Guyanese. 
So um, he says this guy, and big shout out to Action News Guyana for um, providing the details for part of the story. So he says, Gajraj says that he invested over 4 million Guyanese dollars. Now, I don't know what that is. Let me pull up our um, calculator here. Because um, I don't know what 4 million Guyanese dollars is. Let us see if we can find out. So we got 4 million. Lord, that's a lot of zeros, right? Um, so that's 400,000. I think that's, is that 4 million? Oh my gosh. Um, Guyanese. What is their dollar? Guyanese dollar. <clears throat> How much is that in, say, Cayman dollars? Um... I think, is that the right number of zeros? I always have to think about how many zeros. So it looks like that's about um, $160,000. Does that sound about right? No, 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 Four million. Oh no, I think I've got one too many zeros. Hold on now. Let me take out a zero. Yes, I think this is right. Okay, so <laughs> trying to get this right. Anyway, it's a lot of money. I think it's I think it could be four million. Yes. I think that it is about a million dollars. No, four million, here we go now. I got the correct number of zeros. So four million Guyanese dollars is about 15,000 CI. That's still a lot of money, folks. Um, I had one too many zeros. It was showing me like 1.5 million. I was like, what the? So $15,000, four million Guyanese dollars. That's still a lot of dough. And he invested in this Forex. And, you know, we've talked about the Forex scam before. A lot of people here were doing it. This particular company was based in Florida. And at least 150 other people have lost a substantial amount of money as a result of this. So the United States Commodity Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, has charged 10 people who they claim were involved in a $4.7 million fraudulent forex scheme on September the 10th. So this group now, listen to this. A lot of them are Guyanese nationals um, and they own different companies. So a couple are residing in Florida. One guy's in New Jersey. And basically uh, they say that this guy, Avinash Singh, was kind of the ringleader, the mastermind behind it. And he was having all these other companies funnel money into his high-rise advantage company. And he was misappropriating the money. So a small portion of it was used to invest back into this Forex thing, which isn't going to work anyway. But he basically misappropriated more than $3 million for personal expenses out of the $4.7 
And now he's being charged, um, U.S. District Court Judge Carlos E. Mendoza, Mendoza signed a restraining order freezing all of the assets of Singh and all of the related companies. So uh, he was creating fake reports, fake uh, balance sheet reports. And they're also ordering or prohibiting the destruction or concealment of the defendant's books and records. So this is a big, this is a big case, almost $5 million. So he's going to have to pay. Uh, they've got injunctions in place, operating injunctions, asset freezing in place. There'll be civil monetary penalties, remedial and ciliary relief, including trading and registration bans, disgorgement, rescission, and pre and post judgment interest. I haven't seen anything in here about jail time yet. But going back to the question that um, was asked here about why is this not taken more seriously by the authorities? Why is the law not doing anything about this, Dean? This is a failing of your own politicians. If you want this type of behavior to be illegal, then it needs to be illegal on the books. And we don't have it on our books. The interesting thing is, in other places in the world, including Guyana, from what I understand, it is actually illegal to operate a Ponzi scheme. And so then those people can be held responsible for that. The only thing that they could possibly get them under, Dean, is if they decided um, to charge them under the gambling law. So we know that gambling is illegal, but maybe they need to look at specific legislation specific to Ponzi type offenses. They are actually very popular and a lot of people have fallen victim to them over the years. There's another guy over the weekend who shared that him and his wife also almost became victims of this pyramid scheme. This is what he shared with me over the weekend. He, he said this pyramid get rich Susu thing was a major bust in Belize like a year ago. It was $2,600 for $26,000. We warned everyone about this pyramid scheme we even downloaded videos to explain to people the dangers of a pyramid scheme where only the top makes it. We showed them videos of Avon, Mary Kay, Thrive, and those are all pyramid schemes. And we talked about this last week, right? When they brought it to our jobs to sell us, the workplace was a sales market, just like at Marriott. Meetings would be called often on company time or breaks to have this grand get rich in Cayman discussion. The guy who was selling it to us even got pissed off and asked me why I got to be such a D about it when I stood firm about it. The baffling part is how can people who have high positions and claim to be smart get screwed over? How come they didn't do um, research into this scam it got too big, too fast, and now it's so big, it seems unstoppable. My wife lost. She invested her $2,600. 
three years now and still can't see a cent back. So someone else shared their ordeal with us um, from another country. So this has been going on for quite some time. Um, Shadeen says it happened to her last weekend in terms of her card. They removed the hold and I didn't lose my money and was issued a new credit card. My question then is if it's still happening, maybe Scotia needs to just pull all of those cards that would have been issued and, um, you know, reissue them. My concern is if the, if the brand new cards were compromised that easily, will a reissued card be any better? I mean, I don't know. Scotia hasn't said anything about it. They haven't made an announcement. They haven't done anything. I don't, these companies, radio silence, who knows? So Irvlin says that they only tried her card for a dollar. Siobhan says that she had a transaction come through just this morning. Call the number in the back of the card. I'm yet to get an answer. Thankfully, it was just for one cent, but I know that's them testing my card. Yep. So I just kindly zeroed out that account. No thanks to Scotia. Wow. No, sir. Scotia needs to do better. That's all I can tell you. Scotia, get your act together. Mm, it's not a good look. Santa Cruz says Tania Brown from Jamaica checking in. Beautiful uh, Tania, thank you so much. Oh, Fidelity. My gosh, Cameron, how could I forget Fidelity as the sixth commercial bank? I totally forgot about them. They shouldn't really be forgettable, folks. Although Fidelity Bank, let me make a very good disclaimer here. Fidelity Bank has sold and unloaded the pension and the insurance company, and they're no longer affiliated. Good morning, Louie. He's presenting himself for class this morning. He says, I'm finally here, teacher. Good morning. Flashpoint says a Scotiabank customer needs to ask them to explain what is going on. <laughs> the breach has to be upstream at the card personalization agency or at the Scotia Processing Center. Hmm. Interesting point, Flashpoint. And yes, it would be, I don't know who's in charge of PR for these corporate entities, but they do a horrible job, right? Mistakes happen, things happen, but you know what you do? You communicate with your clients, send out a press statement saying this is what's going on. I remember during COVID, the only ones to send out a proper press statement about the fact that they were going to be uh, doing the mortgage holiday, the mortgage payment holiday, was Cayman National Bank. And then when I put up that Cayman National Bank was going to do three months pension holiday, and then they eventually expanded it to, to another three months, a total of six months, people got upset with me saying, oh, I was being prejudicial towards CNB. And when Scotiabank put it up, I didn't put it up. We never received anything from Scotiabank. I'm like, folks, we post what we know and the information that we get. Tell Scotiabank, just like everybody else, to put it out there and we will more than happily post it. Flashpoint is saying maybe SEMA needs to get involved in the Scotiabank issue. I don't know. I mean, is SEMA responsible for, they just want to make sure banks, I think, are liquid and that sort of thing. 
Are they responsible for ensuring that they provide good customer service? Mm. Oh my gosh, Cameron, you are so funny. Cameron says, oh Lord, don't say Mendoza, he's on timeout. So folks, this morning I'm in court again. I know I'm having to like have a separate calendar just for court, trust me. But in relation to Mendoza, I have been charged with, what's the charge again? Um, oh gosh, um, not inciting violence. Um, I have been charged with um, something about the peace. Um, Hmm. I can't even remember. Uh, not inciting violence, disturbing the peace or something. I'll have to tell you guys. I, I honestly cannot remember. I'll have to tell you guys what it is later. Um, what the heck is it? Let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Mendoza. Uh, let me see if I can remember exactly what the charge is. This is some record events. Um, Lord. Um, anyway, so I'm in court this morning in relation to that. So that should be interesting. And uh, the trial starts today. So I don't know what judge I'm going to have yet or what defense attorney they're sucking on me or whatever. Sucking, 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 sucking on me. Um, but yeah, this is another hot mess. So it's funny that you should mention him. Very interesting. So I'll keep you guys updated. Obviously, I can't say certain things in advance of what's coming down the pipeline. I'll report after the day's events of what transpired. So tomorrow morning, I can give you guys um, an update on where we are with that. So yes, my dear Cameron. Um, thank you, Rosanna, for confirming. So it's $15,000, yes. It's 4 million Guyanese. Um, Anne says that no one ever answers the phone at Scotia. I, I'm sure they're not the only bank, but I find that you can never reach anyone hardly ever at a lot of these banks. Um, the exception being CNB. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a CNB customer. I am a CNB customer, but I can tell you, I can call during banking hours and I press zero and somebody's going to answer the phone. I also have direct dial numbers to people. And if I email them, they're going to call me back. During COVID, there was some situation. I got locked out of my online banking. I can't remember what I did. I must have forgot the code or something. And I got locked out. And I had to call CNB, you know, and I knew that they were working remotely. So I said, let me just shoot my um, guy an email. And I sent him an email. And within a couple seconds, somebody was calling me back. Well, a couple minutes. Um... Irvin says calling the number on the card is a waste of time. You have to go into them. And sometimes you don't have time to be going into the bank. Mm -hmm. Cameron says part of the problem is we need to be humble in Christ and that people think they know something. They don't want to acknowledge there's 10 more things that they don't know. Okay. Crystal says, this is a random thought, but can't believe the U.S. elections are tomorrow already. My Lord, give us a minute, Cameron. I mean, Crystal. Woo, we need to digest that one. But yes, it's tomorrow and we're getting there because there's a few things that I want to say about that. 
Um, disturbing the peace. Is that what it is? Uh, yes. I think it's, I think that could be it, Irvin. I can't even remember. Um, so they're saying that because the day that the NRA was there, right, trying to clear the road and trying to, you know, um, get sorted out that I use profanity. Now, I'm pretty sure I did. And the, the, the profanity was actually a question. Because, and we can talk about this a little bit, because this isn't going to be a jury trial. This is a judge. And the judge isn't watching my show, so it's not like we're going to be influencing the judge in any way. But the question was, um, there appears to have been, and I'm going to get some statistics for you guys and break this down, but there appears to have been some preferential treatment. In case you missed this, folks, this is Mike Adams and his family, his wife. They've lived in this neighborhood for some 40-something years or 30-something years, and they're being tortured by a newcomer to the neighborhood um, who wants to erase and get rid of a right-of-way prescriptive right that they have acquired during that 45 years. It's been there for 45 years old. Johnny come lately from New Jersey and his Caymanian associated wife, because you know she was born in the States, but her mom is Caymanian. So she's Caymanian, she's gotten her papers. They come here, couple come lately with their rude kids and they've been torturing this family for the past five years. So last year at some point, um, some family members reached out to us and said enough is enough. We think that we need your help. And you know, CMR goes in with all guns blazing. We're like, pa-pow, what the hell is going on around here? And uh, that's when I need my air horn, right? And seriously, I was shocked at what had been transpiring and how much the Adam family had been tortured by this man and his family from their kids throwing rock at their house, destruction of property. They actually tore down a wall, right? A property wall that belonged to the Adams family and put it in the foundation of their house. Now, you know, anywhere else in the world, have you guys ever seen that show on Discovery, um, uh, Discovery ID? Um, something about thy neighbor. And it's like about neighbors who, like things always end bad, somebody gets killed or whatever because of these types of disputes. This is probably one of the few pieces in the world, places in the world, my apologies, where anyone could go five years and be tortured by their neighbor without any repercussions to that neighbor. So they had poor Mr. Mike arrested. He was convicted, no, nothing recorded, but he was arrested and convicted because one day, I think the charge was common assault. He pushed the guy because he was like up in his wife's face. The ambulance has been on their property trying to get through to Miss Lisa, who was having a panic attack and probably close to heart attack because of the amount of stress that this man and his family have put them under. And because of the boulders that he had put in the way, the EMT staff had to get out of the ambulance with police standing there. And I witnessed this with my own two eyes, folks. With police standing there and move the boulders out of the way. The police did nothing to assist with the moving of the boulders. And they're talking about, because I said one day, and it wasn't the first day I was there, I said, what is going on here? 
Is somebody getting their D socked around here? Because I'm wondering why the preferential treatment? There's been too many instances of this guy breaching the law, making threats. He himself, they're cursing and going on, but nothing happens to him. So they have me in court for using profanity, apparently saying that that was um, disturbing the peace. <sighs> Cameron says, I still get my own parking space. You better believe it. And I want VIP parking too. Um, yeah, I don't know Flashpoint how Scotia does their cards because for the longest time they had these inky dinky cards that expired in like 40 years and half the time you couldn't even obtain or like you can't even do online transactions because none of the dates are 40 years in advance for, you know, the expiration date. I understand that they finally started to get with the times speaking of technological changes. And, um, you know, they finally issued some decent cards. No, I'm telling you, Siobhan, seriously, like I said, I'm not uh, saying that just because I bank with, with CNB. I really have found them to be the best. You know, surely nobody's perfect, but they're the best when it comes to customer service. Uh, so Cameron says, apparently to cuss can't get the point across anymore. What a bunch of puddings we're dealing with these days. <laughs> yes, Neighbors from Hell. I think that's the, the show. Um, but I, I don't even know. It's a hot mess. Flashpoint says, some of these charges seem to be a little much. It appears to me that the best way to deal with your situation was to give you a verbal warning. Why is this a matter for the court? Flashpoint, 10 times in 10 years. Everything is a matter for the court when it comes to me. Nothing can ever be like, okay, we're going to just issue a warning. The DPP in the Cayman Islands has a hard on to me. People have told me, they've warned me that this is a result of the government sometimes pushing them. So the Nation Building Fund was an example of that. The government pushing them to charge me even when they probably knew they couldn't win. And I am telling you, every single case has been thrown out, thrown out by the no case submission stage. So in other words, the judge ruled that there wasn't even a case for me to answer. All the cases were thrown out, except the one in September that Justice Chappelle just convicted me on with Matthew Leslie. Sentencing and that is coming up after sentencing. We'll talk some more about that. Rosanna agrees that CNB is the best because she's had an account with almost every bank here. And she is in agreement as well as Irvalyn that CNB is number one. So yeah, so I'm back in court today. We'll see how that goes. Um, more than anything, it's like, it, it's a time waster. You know what I'm saying? My time is very valuable. I got stuff to do. Every hour I sit in court listening to, you know, them trying to build a case against me, I could be covering other news. I could be covering other court news. I've got community work that I could totally be doing. So yeah, it is a source of frustration for me from that perspective. But you know, my good name is important, so I have to fight it. Over the weekend, we went to the fish market, speaking of community-based stories. And... Um, we have an issue here with 
Um, let me just see here. We have an issue here with the fish market. Now, this is kind of disturbing to me, right? So this fish market, these are some of the guys on Saturday. Um, they have been there from day one, over 55 years now. And so, as a result of, um, ugh, it's just so frustrating. As a result of um, some recent changes, they were first moved during COVID to, what's the name of um, the, the South Terminal, which is further down by Atlantis, right? So government said, oh, you know, uh, we can't have you here during, not the full COVID lockdown, but as we started to reopen, you need more space so you can maintain your six feet distancing, blah, blah, blah. Although some of the guys said at this location, they were actually able to maintain the six feet distancing and they had it um, spaced out, they had it marked off, but government said, nope, that's not enough. So government moved them supposedly temporarily to the um, South Terminal. Now, the interesting thing about this is some people are now wondering, you know, um, kind of how this is gonna work. <clears throat> so some persons have said, listen, I believe that the government made the move so that um, they basically were starting to remove them without them necessarily knowing it. So it was like a soft removal, right? So we're not gonna tell you that you will never go back to the fish market we're gonna just move you under the guise of COVID regulations and maintaining your six foot distance. Mm -hmm. So when they were ready to move back, now that we pretty much almost reopened, they're being told, no, 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 you can't go back there. The landowner who I understand is someone by the name of Chris Johnson, is saying he has plans for the property. Now, a few people made some observations about this. And one of the observations is that what on earth are you going to build on that little parcel of land? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Here's some of the nice fresh fish that they had on uh, on Saturday, 
fresh daily. They're out there seven days a week. Some of these guys have been there 25 years. Some one guy, he's been out there from 1973. That's 47 years. His father was there before him. Grandparents were out there. He even said that he helped pay his kids. He said, listen, I don't have a college education. I don't have, um, you know, a big time degree. But what I do have is the ability through hard work to pay for my family and my kids and put them through university. Oh, look, Mendoza has decided to join us. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Here comes Mendoza, Wilson Mendoza. Can't even show his face. What a dude he is. Look at this. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Poor Wilson Mendoza. Here we go, folks. Okay, man's number one a-hole has just joined the conversation. Silence is not an option. Well, <laughs> that's exactly what we should be telling. Let me pull myself back up on the camera. Hold on one second here. Because unlike you, my friend, I can actually show my face in the Cayman Islands. You are lucky that you live in this country. Um, you are lucky that you are in such a peaceful place. You're from New Jersey, Puerto Rico, and you know full well, Mendoza. Come on this program. You got, you got a lot of balls, or so you think. Come on this program and explain your actions to the people of the Cayman Islands. Explain to the Cayman Islands why you allow your children to torture other people and how you somehow think that that makes you a good father. Explain to the people how your children were allowed to throw rocks and pelt the property of an elderly couple, which was all captured on video. Explain to the people how you could threaten members of the Adam family and you have nothing done to you. You know in New Jersey and wherever you're from, New Jersey, Puerto Rico, that's where your parents are from, someone would have beat your ASS a long time ago. That would have been the best treatment that you could have gotten. So you are ridiculous beyond belief. And you think that you can come on this program and come at me? Listen, Bobo, me and you are not really in the same league, not at all. I'm not the Adams family, okay? I'm not gonna let you torture me. You can sit down all you want and talk foolishness about, uh, oh, you're not gonna remain silent. Silent is not an option. The real people who have been silent have been the Adams family that you've been torturing for almost five years. Just because for once in your life, you finally have something decent, a little piece of property, and you believe 
and your little small mind that that property is worth a gazillion dollars. That's going to be your bed and breakfast special, right? You're going to make your millions off of that. And so you want to erase a right of way that has existed probably before you were even born. That's not how it's going to go. I'm telling you straight up. Uh, I'm hoping that you get to court on time today and you tell the truth because one of the things we will definitely be demonstrating is how you have tortured these people. And you're lucky that the only question I had to ask you on that day is, are you sucking somebody's you know what? Because you're probably doing more than that, my friend. You are despicable. You are the lowest of the low. You have no respect for the law. You have no respect for elderly people in this community. A right of way that has existed for 45 years, a prescriptive right, which by the way, has now been codified. You have the audacity to think that you can just show up and be like, well, I don't want anybody going through my property. Oh, but I'm gonna go through three other property owners property to get to my property, but then the buck stops with me. No one else can go any further. Really, Mendoza? Let's talk about the fish market tomorrow because this fool Mendoza had to come on the program today. Good for him. I'm glad he thinks that he has so much freedoms in this country that he can torture other people and nobody else has a right to live peacefully in their home of 40 something years. He shows up builds a house that he still has not paid the laborers for. The man actually, listen to this folks, had people come and do work on his property and did not pay them. I tell you the man lucky enough, only in Cayman. They're still waiting to get their money, I'm pretty sure of that. And so whilst they are still waiting to get their money, He can go around trying to make people's lives miserable. Hmm. Mendoza. I'm not Mike Adams and I'm not Lisa Adams. Nobody ain't afraid of you, Bobo. Not today, not tomorrow, and certainly no time in the near future. This is the Cayman Islands. We will welcome you with open arms. Right? Yes, your wife has status and she's made it very clear in her super American accent. I'm a Caymanian too. Your attitude is not one of a Caymanian. Your attitude stinks. Caymanians don't treat each other like this, honey. So if your mother growing up never taught you what it was to be a Caymanian, you have sorely lost out on some valuable life lessons. The torture that you put this family and this couple through, threatening their children, threatening their sons, and then when you didn't get your way and you saw that government was finally gonna push and put the road through themselves, you know what you did? You know what kind of little lackey you are? You ran to the Adams family begging them, oh, let's work this out after you tortured them for five years. Wilson Mendoza, you are disgusting POS. That's what you are. You are disgusting.
and you need to go sit your ass down. The audacity of you this morning to come on my show and think that you can have a voice on this platform, can't even show your face. You're really something else. I mean, I don't really sit down and wish bad things on people. But I tell you what, if one of them West Bay boys was to deal with you like they should, no one would feel sorry for you, your family, or your children because you would have earned it. Five years of torture. I mean, enough is enough. So he claims, oh, the Adams family is so innocent. Yes, they're innocent. They have a reputation that all of us can stand behind. Who are you, Johnny, come lately? Let's talk about where you've come from because I've dug up in your background. Ooh, you had a little house in New Jersey that was worth all of $50,000 because that's all you could afford. Now you come here and you get a little $200,000 house and you think you're a multi-cazillionaire and oh, you're gonna be all in Airbnb. You've got big plans for your property. So let's get rid of this right of way. Isn't that interesting? Wilson Mendoza, you need Jesus. You need some professional help. There's something wrong with you. Now, I don't know you, but I can only imagine how your wife is being tortured every single day having to live with you. And I suspect that one of the reasons she also acts the fool is because you probably a terror to her and the rest of the family. And when you're fixated on the Adams family, at least she doesn't have to deal with you. So she just goes along to get along. And she encourages you in your nonsense behavior with this family. You're despicable, sir. Get yourself together. You need Jesus. And Jesus needs to take your entire house and put it under his good graces because you are sick. Thank you, Ms. Ethel, for the comments. I appreciate it. Good morning, my dear. Sue says it's unbelievable what's happening at the fish market. Good morning, Miss Lauren. Yes, he, Mexico or Jamaica, please. He couldn't even do this in the U.S. of A, much less Mexico or Jamaica. Please. Mm -mm. You guys know. Now here he is talking about there's always three sides to the story. Poor him. Wilson Mendoza, your side, their side, and the truth. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. You need to look in the mirror, my friend. You got some issues, some mental health issues at that. And uh, we don't really care what you have to say, to be quite frank and honest. Like I said, we stand with the Adam family. They have a reputation that we can stand behind. You, who, who are you exactly? You know what I'm saying? You, you need to get your life together, brother. Like Cameron said, there is no stuttering on where we stand. We do not stand with you and there's nothing you can say 
because you have not done the right thing here and you know it. You can quote all the quotes in the world, but you know that you've not done the wrong, the right thing at all. Why do you go begging the Adams family to try to work it out when government was going to resolve it? Oh, give me a chance. We can work it out. Don't let government take it over. Because you know what? Once government takes it over, you put an injunction in place to temporarily stop government. But my friend, you are not stopping the road. It is your responsibility to put in. If you claim that government owes you money, there's a process where government will compensate you for the portion of land that they're taking from you and your little fool, fool friend that you have there. The old man, I can't remember his name now. He's so foolish. So yes, there's a compensation method in place, but you have to apply for it. The fact that you haven't applied for it, but yet you want to claim that government hasn't paid you for it is ridiculous. The road is going through Mendoza. And the day the road goes through, you know what we're all going to do? We're all going to have a party right in front of your house on the public road. We're going to get a permit from the police and we're going to have a peaceful pr protest, a peaceful party. And we're going to have barbecue and pizza and we're going to celebrate and we're going to say, praise the Lord. Yes, we're going to have a fabulous time right in front of your gate. And poor old you. What you going to do then? You're going to be crying? My God. C says, CC says, I could never sit back and watch my husband make my neighbor's life a miserable hell. Yeah, he, his wife is a special kind of wife, apparently. Like I said, I'm really convinced, and this is my personal opinion, that clearly this woman is being tortured herself. And, you know, I've seen it before. I've seen people in abusive, torturous relationships, the best that they can do is to just go along with the madness. Because when the madness isn't focused on them, they can live a more peaceful existence. And I kind of feel like that's exactly what is going on in the Mendoza household. Yes, Carson Ebanks, that... Hold on. Donkey. Yes, Karen, trust me, it wouldn't go so anywhere else. <laughs> okay, who votes for me now blocking Wilson Mendoza from CMR? Raise your hands, folks. Hallelujah. Let's see your fingers go up. Who is for it? Let's see. Shall we block him? He's had more than enough say here. Cameron, who is in agreement that it's time for Mendoza to go? Tell me, tell me, tell me. He has got some balls of steel, which here at CMR, we don't care about, my friend. Take your balls somewhere else. Go talk to your wife about those issues. Yes, everybody's in agreement. Shall we block him? Yay. All right, let's do it. Olivia's in agreement. Darlene, Lauren, Ervalyn, Bonnie, yes. Anybody else? Omeria, 
Okay, I think it's time to do it then. That looks like a resounding yes. More people coming in, long time. That not grease up. Make sure it's still working. Oh, Cameron, don't worry. The block button still works. Block his ass, says Ethel. Yes, says Cynthia. Diana's in agreement, Mendoza. Goodbye. How you doing? See you later. Bye-bye. Block user. Boom. Delete comments. Boom. Mendoza's gone. Just like that. Out of here. Don't worry. He can still have the pleasure of watching the show. <laughs> Karen, that's right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Mendoza. See you later. Adios. Hasta luego. Hasta la vista. Whatever. You're out of here. So Wendy says he probably just log in with a fake account. Don't worry, we'll know it's him. Aliana, we can't see your comment. We can't see when you do those extra little like gifs and whatever, they don't show up on here. But yes, my dears, him gone. Toodaloo, I need to find another button, hallelujah. Yes, fake account, he soon put that up, but we'll know it's him because let's be honest here, nobody else defends Mendoza but Mendoza. And maybe that should be a clue to him that he is just wrong as wrong can be. Nobody else defending you, dude. This isn't a 50-50 situation. Now he's talking about, oh, he don't want government's money. Well, that's the reason, the legal reason why you were able to get an injunction claiming that government didn't compensate you. So we all knew, those of us with any common sense, knew that that was just a ploy to delay the inevitable. And speaking of which, I need to contact the DPP's office because while they're wasting time on me and the legal department, why are they not getting a court date to deal with this Mendoza matter, to get this mess cleared up, to complete the road? Because since then, every single time he gets, he goes in there and he tries to put boulders back in place. He's put the fence back up although government had started clearing the road. But you know what? Do you guys remember? Let me refresh your memory in case you forgot that just a month or so ago during COVID, July the, hold on, July the 31st, government, the RCIPS finally had enough of this jackass. Even to the commissioner was like, okay, this is enough. He probably asked the same question I was asking that day. Who is this man sucking? Because even the police commissioner said, uh-uh. Let's, let's show the video footage here, folks. Give me one second. I want you guys to see this. Mendoza finally had his vehicle towed by the police. You know why? Is it possible? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me bring it up here so you guys can see it. Because he is such a liar. Right? He's talking about two sides says story, three sides says story, blah, blah, blah. He is such a liar, folks, that when the police finally had enough of him and his shenanigans, they actually towed his vehicle. Thank you, Jonathan Crosby Ebanks. He found one Caymanian fool to stand by him, and it's 80-something-year-old Crosby Ebanks who said that he not leaving no money for nobody, including his own grandchildren, if they want a piece of land, they have to buy it from him. 
Well, like I told Crosby that day, I'm glad you think so, my friend. Because when you drop down dead, you're not taking it with you. The last time I checked, you're not taking no land to heaven or hell, wherever the hell you're going. What a disgusting fool. All right, folks, let's have a moment here. Mendoza's vehicle get towed. This is what this was. After he ignored the police commissioner. The police commissioner was there, folks, at his door, knocking on the door, telling him, open up your door. Let us in because you are blocking these people again and you cannot do this. You have a court injunction, but the court injunction does not allow you to reclaim the road. It does not allow you to um, put up boulders, put up a roadblock, put up a fence. The injunction doesn't do any of that. The injunction only pauses the protests or the process whereby government was putting in the public road until this particular dispute is resolved. Once the court has made a ruling, then that's it. Government will continue with their road. And yes, Mendoza, the road will get finished. We know you're thinking that your little lawsuit is going to stop the road. It ain't going to work, friend. It has only delayed the inevitable. So the commissioner himself shows up on July the 31st, knocking on this man's door, and he has the audacity to ignore him. Why? Because he thought the police commissioner was like that little lackey that we have there, Alden's um, brother-in-law. Can't even remember his name now. Somebody help me out here. Denby Grove. Because Denby was showing up, trying to be Mendoza's friend, right? Telling the Adams family they must find another way to get to their property and just listen to Mendoza. So that's why the question was asked, what's going on between Mendoza and, and Denby? Now, I understand that Denby got transferred out of West Bay after our protest. Thank God for that. So this night now, Mendoza obviously thought that, you know what? Oh, the police are still under my spell. I don't care if it's the commissioner. I'm going to ignore him and keep up my thing. Well, the police commissioner showed him. Check this out, folks. Check it out. Is it possible that Wilson Mendoza might finally have his just desserts? Wow. It turns out that last evening, July the 30th, Ms. Mendoza continued, which he's been doing throughout COVID, to try to block the Adams family in West Bay from being able to access a right-of-way access that has been there for over 45 years. And now the police, once again, have spent numerous resources uh, attending the scene on countless occasions, had to attend the scene yet again. Now, keep in mind, folks, that the Cayman government had attempted to intervene and take over the situation with this public road. Mr. Mendoza has stopped that process by running to the court and getting an injunction in place until God knows when. The, the actual, actual court case can be heard and in the interim, nothing should be done at that location. But he seems to think that an injunction means that he gets to do whatever he wishes. Uh, so the government would be the only one who stopped in terms of the injunction and he can put back in his road and he can put back in, you know, boulders and fences and blockades to prevent free access to the residents of Mike and Lisa Adams. 
The police commissioner attended the scene last night. Our sources indicate that the police commissioner did not appear to be pleased, but yet again, with this situation, he was being forced to um, deal with this, uh, which I'm sure he has more important business that he could have been attending to. Nonetheless, it came to a head late last night and the police decided he would not uh, move his vehicle. So the police decided that there were actually two vehicles blocking, a black um, Mercedes-Benz, which apparently belongs to his wife, and the silver SUV vehicle. And the police finally said, enough is enough. We are going to tow this vehicle. And, and so, so in, in fact, they towed this vehicle and they were preparing to tow the black Mercedes-Benz as well. And then Mendoza um, begged them not to do so. Uh, the commissioner was observed banging on the door of Wilson Mendoza asking him to please come outside and deal with the situation. He was locked inside of his house. He refused to come out of his house um, when the commissioner was knocking on the door. And he eventually comes out and claims that, oh, he had no idea that it was the police commissioner. Despite the fact that the police commissioner um, very clearly identified himself. And we all know that Mr. Mendoza has cameras all over the exterior of his house, including on what will eventually be the public roadway, recording and viewing people. So a bit of an interesting development in a situation that has been ongoing for some five years now where Wilson Mendoza and his wife have been really torturing and harassing the Adams family, trying to gain control over this right of, of access that has existed for over 45 years in the community of West Bay. So we understand that Mendoza has been warned for public prosecution, sorry, warned for prosecution, and now a file will be prepared and sent to the DPP's office for a ruling. We don't know what sort of charges they're thinking about levying against Mr. Mendoza at this time, but we are hopeful that finally the police may have had enough of this situation. Um, so we shall see. You know, we shall see. All right, folks. Well, I have had enough of Mendoza, that's for sure. I have had enough of him and his shenanigans. And um, I'm now gonna be headed off to court to deal with a matter related to Mendoza. So yes, this is the kind of stuff that the police have to be dealing with instead of taking their valuable time and resources, solving unsolved murders, unsolved missing persons. They have real characters like Mendoza who get up every single day and utilize our police resources in the worst possible way. He's lucky. He is one lucky man. That's all I can say. Um, thank you so much. Yes, Cameron, he's not the type of person that we want to come here to the Cayman Islands. Uh, tomorrow, we'll continue the conversation. My apologies that it was interrupted by the likes of Mendoza. We're going to talk about um, Dart Realty uh, reaching out and saying that they are now courting high net worth Chinese citizens to come to the Cayman Islands. My God, what next? We do not discriminate against anyone coming here, but we know certain people have a reputation for being uh, disastrous and creating disastrous situations when they go to other countries. And just because you have money, 
It doesn't mean you can do what you want. And it doesn't mean you can disenfranchise entire countries. And it doesn't mean that you're a good person. Mendoza, you came here with little to nothing. We have seen the public files that uh, of your property value of your father's home, which you own nothing in the US. So we get a sense of exactly what your situation is. First time you get a taste of a half decent life in the Cayman Islands, you've allowed it to go to your head. What I would encourage you to do, sir, instead of allowing it to go to your head, is to pay the workers, you know, the guys who put down your tile and who did all the other work on your house that you still haven't paid yet. You know, they're still waiting for their money. And I'm pretty sure that during COVID, they could really use some of that money. Pay, pay your debts. That would make you a much better person. Okay. We're not impressed with your shenanigans, sir. Good morning, Marsha. Looks like you're late, my friend, because we're about to wrap things up. We're not supportive of Mendoza, folks. He is a troublemaker of the worst kind. This is what I need to call Ozzy. Ozzy, where that cow, cow, um, what was it called again? That cow switch. Um, what's it called? Cow cod. Bring your cow cod to West Bay. Because that, that the kind of licks this man would need. Like, seriously. Disgusting. But Caymanians, we're such calm, peaceful, loving, amazing people 90% of the time. Sai, all of you, thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate the love and support. You guys have a wonderful day. I know I'm going to have one. I get to look at Mendoza in the face today. Uh, where's my button again? Seriously. My God. What a mess. Folks, it's Monday. Let's go get it. We got an entire week ahead of us. Yes, see you guys tomorrow morning. We'll continue our discourse into tomorrow morning. Tomorrow is the big day. Crystal's looking forward to Donald Trump getting reelected. Listen, Trump has said he is going to call an early election or he's going to call it if he's in the early stages ahead. So he's not even going to wait for the final results. President Trump is crazy. That's all I can tell you. My boy not playing with a full deck. He has said if he loses the election, he still ain't coming out anyway. What a hot mess. America, get yourselves together. We do not need another race riot on your hands during COVID. Really and truly, the things are not looking too good for Trump, but nobody's going to call it until the final results are in. Trump, you shouldn't call it either. He has made an announcement that he's going to fire Dr. Fauci after the election. Over the weekend, on Saturday, the United States of America hit a new high. Over 100,000 positive COVID cases in a day, a 24-hour period. They beat the record previously held by India. They have done a horrible job of handling this virus. And now the one man that has been trying to give him good advice, Trump says he's going to fire after the election. Stay tuned, folks. You know that we will bring it to you. You guys uh, have a wonderful day. 
and I'll update you hopefully at court in terms of what's going on, what happens today. And I will see you guys tomorrow. So take care until then, my good friends. And that's all she wrote. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 